Well, hi there, guys. Thank you for listening to ABC's podcast today. Our prayer as you listen to this podcast is that it would truly be a blessing. Perhaps it may lead you to Christ for the very first time. Or if you know Christ, it'll definitely lead to a deeper commitment to Christ. But in the same breath, what we don't want is for these podcasts to be a replacement for your church. It just can't be. We believe that the gathering of believers, the local church, matters. It matters to you personally, your family, and the community the church is attached to. God's designed us for community with each other. So yes, we pray this podcast is a blessing, an encouragement, a challenge perhaps, definitely an installment moving you closer to Jesus, and we're excited that you're going to listen. But also know that we, it's not a replacement for church. And may God honor your faith as you listen, as you hear Him, and as you obey. Blessings, everyone. Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks for taking the time out to listen. Um, this morning, we're on a new journey as we approach Easter. Um, it is good to replay the tape, in a sense, of the crucifixion. It's good to read it again, to look at it again, to to listen to it again, and uh, as we take to heart what took place at the cross, I mean, we learn, yeah, we continually learn so much. I mean, at the cross, God revealed himself, right? At the cross, God revealed his ways with the world, his wisdom. At the cross, God revealed how to be right with God. Uh, a righteousness was revealed. At, at the cross, God reveals how we are to walk in holiness, how we're sanctified, um, so much is revealed at the cross. I mean, it's central to all Paul preached. I preach Christ crucified. And what did he say? Um, I, I've decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Right. I mean, it's the center of everything, everything. And it ought to be the center of all we are, all that we do, and all that we're aiming for. Amen? Um, right. And so as we take a good heartfelt, faith-filled, refreshing look at the cross, I would like us to look at some of the actions and attitudes and words of some people at the cross, um, because I think they're going to reveal to us some of our motives, help us purge those things that need to be repented of, and help us move forward in a deeper worship. We're praying that God would manifest his presence in life-changing ways this Easter with us. I know it's an old, old story. Um, you know, tell me the old, old story. But friends, I hope our prayers have been that this old, old story start a new thing in our hearts, believers and non-believers. Amen? All right, so let's pray and then we're going to read and get stuck into it. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for oh, thank you for what we're fixing our minds upon. The tragedy and the beauty, the brutality and the power that is at this cross and what your Son did for us. I pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would take your word to us, manifest a new revelation of grace in our hearts. Purge us, Lord, 
We want to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Call us forward, Lord. Enable us to take those steps forward, Lord. And we know, we thank you, God, that you will bring this work to perfection. But we will hold on to that with all of our heart. Lord, I pray that this Easter would be a milestone for all believers. And it would be a new dawn for any unbeliever that is listening or participating in our celebrations. Lord, we just commit this whole journey to you for the next few weeks and ask your Holy Spirit to do what only you can do. And that is to that is to help us to fellowship in your sufferings and help us to fellowship also in your resurrection life. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So where will we be? We will be in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15. If you want to get your Bibles there, Mark chapter 15. And we're reading from verse 16 to 24. Mark 15, 16 to 24. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is, the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spat on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put on his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way from the country. And they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him, dividing up his clothes. They cast lots to see what each would get. And just so far, may God bless the reading of his word to us today. Okay. So, we're going to look at this issue of... Well, it's a heart issue that is in us all, and it's, it's displayed by the actions and attitudes of the soldiers. Okay, Let's not remove ourselves from the actions and attitudes of these soldiers. We would do well to immediately take the disposition, you know what, this is me. I see myself in this. Okay, So what were we trying to avoid? We're trying to avoid the statement, when we see Jesus, depart from me, for I don't, I don't know you. Right? Well, that's what we're avoiding. And with that in mind, we need to address the mockery of the soldiers. And looking at that, address the mockery, the possibility, the reality, the potential, the sin, the rebellion of mockery of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ in our own hearts. And... I don't think it's too distant or too alien for us to confess that this is in our hearts. I mean, we sing the song, How Great Thou Art, right? I mean, we sing this song very well at church, in perfect pitch. But is God great in your life, or is it just a song? We pray, hallowed be your name. Okay, really? Is God your singular passion? Is holiness your singular passion? Is your happiness whatever makes God happy? Hallowed be your name. 
I mean, how can it be that soldiers, if you really think about it, soldiers are good men. I mean, I, we honor them, right? We, we respect them because of the sacrifice they make for the country. Uh, and in this context, the sacrifice they're making for Rome to protect, to bring justice, right? They're, they're good men. I'm sure these men kiss their wives and kiss their children every night. And or when they, were, when they get home, they would be good fathers and good husbands. These are good men. How, how is it that these men can behave in such a way? It is shocking. It's shocking. But friends, at the outset, let's not be shocked. Let's not be surprised. This is the condition of our hearts. We, this must not surprise us. And we must not distance ourselves from these soldiers and say, well, look at them. This is us. No, friends. This, <laughs> this is in us. This behavior, this potential, this mockery is a reality in our own hearts um, because it's their hearts. So let's, let's break this down, shall we? And my first point is to, their the mockery is extensive, it's elaborate, and we can really break it down. Let's get a good look at the sufferings of Jesus through these soldiers, shall we? Um, because it really will bring home the point to us, I believe, for God to, to help us. All right. First of all, we see this grand mockery of worship, verses 16 to 20. All right. Now, the soldiers are leading him off to be crucified because in the previous text, Pilate, okay, in order to please the crowd, pronounced Jesus guilty and ordered him to be flogged and then condemned you know, him to die by crucifixions. And so verse 16 says, the soldiers led him away into the palace and they called together a whole company of soldiers. Now, it's interesting. I mean, who are they leading away? Here is the king of the universe, the one who holds all and sustains all, the one who has all authority under his feet, God Almighty, and he's being led away to be executed. Um, but what I want to focus on is this whole company um, a company is typically 600 soldiers, okay? Um, but the commentaries say in this case it was most likely two to 300 soldiers. And that's understandable because there are an abnormal amount of Roman soldiers, right? Because Caesar is there. Um, so that's not unusual or unlikely. So when we say a company, 600 but most likely two to three hundred. Why so many soldiers? I mean, was Jesus a dangerous criminal to escape? I mean, possibly. I mean, they've already flogged him half to death. Why do you bring three hundred soldiers? Were the Roman soldiers afraid of Jesus? Were they afraid someone would come and rescue him? Three hundred soldiers? That's not possible because we read everyone fled. All right? Everyone left Jesus when he was captured. So, well, what's with the 300 soldiers? It tells us in the text, the soldiers led him away into the palace. Verse 17, they put a purple robe on him, twisted it, uh, put a crown on him, and they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. This is a setup. This is a setup to mock him publicly, to play with him, to ridicule him, to make fun of him, to make him look foolish. Right. So not just 
one soldier here, they get a whole crowd together to pretend to give reverence to Jesus. And they do it, I mean, they're very elaborate. I mean, they get a robe and they put on him um, this purple robe, which Luke tells us he got from Herod. So he's got this robe put on him. Now remember, his back has just been flogged. So it's just sticking to him. They put this crown on him, this twisted branches of thorns. They jam it onto his head. I mean, undoubtedly that it just punctures into his scalp, causing blood to flow. I mean, you've been nicked in the head. You know how easily we bleed in the face. All right. Then they shout to him, verse 18, you know, king. They call him king. They, that's the whole crowd of them. They, be, they begin to call out to him, Hail, king of the Jews. I mean, they're good words. They're good words, but we know these are mocking words. They don't mean what they're saying. They don't mean what they're, they're saying the truth, but they don't mean it. Verse 19 then says they hit him with a staff and spat on him. This isn't the first time he's been hit or spat on. He was hit and spat on by the Jews the night before in the false court, right? Now he gets hit and spat on again by the Roman soldiers. Uh, end of verse 19, they bowed before him. I mean, they actually got on their knees and acted like they were worshiping him. Let's just stop here. How many times have I acted like I was worshiping Jesus, but I really wasn't? Verse 20. And when they mocked him, they took off the purple robe. Now imagine how that must have felt. You got this thing that's dried to you, and they rip it off, and they put his old clothes back on, and then they let him out to crucify him. How is our Jesus suffering at this time? How is he suffering? And I'm asking myself, why did the Roman soldiers do this to Jesus? I mean, they were just told to follow orders. You know, go and crucify him. That's, that's what their job was. Why this now elaborate sort of side gig? I mean, they, they probably didn't even know Jesus. I don't think Jesus hurt one of them. He gave them no reason for any of those soldiers to act the way they did with such mockery. And we're talking about highly disciplined, loyal people. Family men. How is this possible? Take note this Easter and let us really take note how depraved our hearts are. Friends, this is us. This is you and me. Don't pretend. Don't ignore. Don't Make small of it. Oh, you're just a good guy. We're not. You can see how the depravity in these soldiers and thus take to heart that we are as bad off as we could be. Hmm? We are. They are as bad as they could be. And so to us, we are as bad as we could be. All right, let's not sugarcoat this. Let's not say, ah, oh, they're good men. They are not good men. We are not good people. All right. our, our problem, guys, our problem is, is not just that we do bad things. Our problem is our hearts want to do 
bad things. Our hearts want to sin. Want to sin. And even Paul had this problem. Romans chapter 7. I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, it's not a very positive message, but that's the point. The point is, as we take a fresh look and replay the tape of the crucifixion, and we look and hear and listen and read and get a sense of what Jesus is going through under the hands of these soldiers, we are reminded of the mockery that took place there, and we are, we are well off to be reminded of the mockery that is possible this Easter. Okay? We are well off to take note of the mockery that is possible every Sunday. Every Sunday. It is good to remember how depraved we are. This, this sin is, is not a nice subject, but it is so critical. I mean, if we don't understand sin, you're not going to understand yourself. You're not going to understand your fellow man. You're not going to understand the world. You're not going to understand Christian faith. If you don't understand Genesis 1, 2, and 3, you're not going to understand the Bible. You're not going to understand the good news or the Redeemer or, or any of that. You're with me. You lose sight of sin, you lose sight of everything. The meaning of salvation, the message of the gospel, all the books of the Bible will just be closed to you. So we have to fix our minds on, on this clear, clear demonstration of the depravity of man and fix our hearts that this is in us. This is in us. Okay, I mean, if we sugarcoat this or pretend it doesn't exist or distance ourselves from these soldiers all right well then you you risk making the gospel look poor you risk making the gospel look poor what is easter about easter is about how jesus died for sinners and if you say well okay he loves me i'm a good person no 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 not in god's eyes I'm a creature that has violated a holy standard. I did so because my heart was consumed with pleasing me. I am a rebel that deserved God's condemnation and wrath until he rescued me. That's what makes the gospel such good news. So instead of God unleashing his just fury against me, God sent his son to die for me in my place. So let's get this nice and square. If we don't understand sin, we will also not square up the cross. It won't be square. We can sing hallelujah, but it's not going to mean anything. Now you can't say hallelujah until you first understand, woe is me, I'm lost. You, you know what I mean? To be saved... You first have to say, I'm lost. To be hopeful, you first have to say, I'm helpless or hopeless. Totally condemned, unworthy, and an object of God's wrath. Justly. Justly so. So, 
We're asking the wrong question if you're asking the question, how could these Roman soldiers do such terrible things to Jesus? We know why they could do that, because of their own self-consumed hearts. And we know the answer because this is me, this is you, this is us. Striking Jesus in the face, that's you and me. Spitting at him, that's you and me. Mocking him, that's you and me. Giving false pretense, that's your misrepresentations, that's you and me, friends. Let's own that. I wish I could say the mocking stops, but it doesn't. Look at verse 21. Carries on. Jesus on his way to Golgotha, and what happens? The Romans ask another person to step in and take the cross. All right. I mean, at this stage, Jesus is 80% dead. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but if he can't carry the cross, all right, the show's over. It's, it's over. And these, they're not getting a guy in to help Jesus. They're getting a guy in to prolong his death. He said, no, no, you're not going to die here on the road. You are going to get crucified. You're going to die on the cross. I think that that's, in a sense, a mockery. They forced Simon to carry the cross. Not out of kindness. Not out of kindness. This is to make sure Jesus is crucified. They want him to die on Golgotha, not on his way to Golgotha. Verse 23. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh. Um, other gospels say he tasted it, but he did not drink it. Now, why are they doing that? They're not doing that out of compassion. Oh, you know, here, take a painkiller. You know, this will help you get through. They're not doing that. They want to prolong his death. Yeah, it, it's, it's a painkiller. Uh, and it's known some of them would hang on the cross up to five days because of this stuff. They're not, this isn't compassion. This is making Jesus suffer longer. But he did not take it. What does that reveal to us? It reveals to us something this Easter, friends, as we see Jesus' determination, as we see his singular focus, he embraces the suffering wide-eyed with 180-degree vision. And he doesn't allow anything to inhibit or, or you know, mitigate the pain that he's in he just embraces it and he takes it on friends is that our approach this easter that we are to have fellowship in the sufferings of christ and his resurrection life let this be so in our own hearts or risk mocking our jesus all over again what what are we suffering for for jesus and what is our attitude towards that suffering how comfortable have we gotten over this lockdown period? I mean, people are so comfortable. They don't even want to come to church. They're just too comfortable. They won't even suffer a, a, a petrol bill to church. They won't suffer a time. One hour. They won't suffer one hour. They won't suffer, what, a few liters of petrol. They won't suffer an offering. They won't suffer mixing with other people and bearing other people's burdens and joys. They won't suffer. Friends, where, where is that taking you? That's a mockery. Jesus embraced the suffering, looked forward to it, faced it, owned it. And, and similarly, friends, this Easter, what, what are, what's our attitude towards the suffering for Christ? For Christ. And if we are mocked because 
of our faith. If we are mocked because of our Easter celebrations, how, how are we? Are we to be surprised by that? Are we to run from that? Are we to... No, friends, we take that, we embrace it. And then we see in verse 24 that, well, and they crucified him. We're not given the details in the Gospel of Mark, but we know they nailed his body to two pieces of wood. They put him on display to die in shame. Well, they do at the bottom of the cross, and then they crucified him, dividing up his clothes. They cast lots to see what each would get. More mockery. More mockery. They cast lots to see who would get. They didn't really, I don't think they really wanted these bloodied clothes. I don't think so. But what did they want? Another opportunity to have a good time at his expense. So while he was dying, they're gambling, mocking him. I wish I could say that was the last of the mockery, but next week we're going to see how this continues. The mockery continues. I just want us to stop right here. It would be unthinkable for us to just close our Bibles and move on. Let's, let's have this reflect in our own hearts. Um, friends, we do all this. We do all this. We are the same. When we tell him things we really don't mean. We say things, I believe you, Jesus, and yet go day after day without spending time talking with him in prayer or listening to him through his word. How can we say we believe in him if we've spent so little time with him? Or if we don't share him with others or trust him uh, through difficult situations? That's a contradiction. It's a mockery. When we enter his house as, as professing believers, but we don't have the spirit of obedience and love and worship and faith, that's a mockery. But when we come to his house, we... Are we coming to learn His will and do it? If we're not coming to learn His will and do it and give glory to Him, you're mocking Him. A lot of people are coming to the Lord's house this Easter. And if they don't do what God says, what does that make them? It makes them mockers. If we confess our sin, but we don't repent of it, that's mocking Jesus. And every time we do this, we sear our conscience. Sin binds itself over and over in our hearts, become hardened, and the delusion becomes stronger. So this mockery is a serious, is a serious issue. Friends, these verses are in the Bible for a very good reason, and that is to point to us a great, great need of God in our lives. A great need of God. If we profess to love Him but neglect His body, what is that? That is a mockery. That is a mockery. Where, where is the risen Christ now? Brothers and sisters, where is the risen Christ now? Is He in heaven? He is in heaven. But where else is He? Uh, the body of Christ is in each of you. We are part of that in His body, the church. You know, we profess to love Christ but make no priority for His body. 
That's a mockery. It's a mockery. Friends, let's take this to heart. It is not without hope. But I, I don't want to be glib about it and, and quickly go to a song of hallelujah if we have not first seriously taken time to be honest with God. And I think that's where we need to be on the first Sunday as we prepare for Easter is to take this time this week and be honest with God. Can we do that? Would you do that? To look through your actions, your attitudes, your words, your behaviors, your, your spending of time, your spending of cash, your, your priorities with your stuff and see what, what falls in the mockery and what falls in the worship category. And confess that to God. Begin there. Just begin with the truth. No pretense. No pretense. Let sincerity be your guide. I mean, let sincerity be that. That make it a habit for your life. I mean, if we're sincere, heck, we have a lot to pray about. We'll never stop praying. We'll always have words for our prayers if we're sincere and if we're honest. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, Oh, it's been hard to swallow these words. It's been hard to read them, to listen to them. It's been hard to imagine what you went through. It's been painful, Lord, to listen to this tape again. And Father, this hurts us. And we, we see it, 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 it has exposed us. We know that our hearts fall far from perfect worship. We know that our motives fall very short of glory. We know that on our best day, on our best day, we are still far from perfect. Oh God, as we take a sober look at the depravity of our hearts and how bound up how delusional, how seared our conscience is. Father, we realize afresh how remarkable, how beautiful, how powerful your love is. That you, Lord, would take the, would become the unrighteousness so that we could have the righteousness of God. We thank you, God, for this grace. And we would ask, God, that this Easter, as we play the tape, listen to the words, review the story, hear the words again. Lord, as we sing this Easter, as we pray this Easter, as we worship this Easter, that truly, Lord, you'd find our hearts honest and vulnerable and humble before you. Strike, Lord, the self in all of us. Put to death that which wants to rebel against you. Cast it away. Exercise it out of us. That you may find in us the holy hill. You may find in us a Zion. A place to dwell. That we may have fellowship with you. God, I pray that you would deepen our worship. Extend the scope of our ministries. And extend the gospel 
to those on the outside through this inner honest working of faith and repentance, trust and obedience. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our ABC podcast today. If you'd like to know more about ABC, then please check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, or our website. We also have resources we'd like to share freely to everyone uh, through Right Now Media. We have a channel with them, and we'd love to share you that link. Just email us on totibaptists at gmail.com or WhatsApp us directly on 079-033-228, and we'll get you in touch with those links and resources. If you have a prayer request or an item of praise or a question, then also feel free to get in touch with us via those links. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and give you His peace. Thank you.